and rest assured your purchase is backed by an industry-leading warranty. Stop by the Waldo Bowers Flooring Showroom at 2300 Broadway to find the carpet for your home for less at Waldo Bowers. Excellent customer service, professional installation, and affordable prices. Why would you go anywhere else? 0% financing is available on approved credit. Waldo Bowers. See them on Facebook, online at WaldoBowersFloorCovering.com or call 451-0114. 451-0114. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owner, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm John, your host today. So when I was six years old in school, I've shared this story before, there was another kid, I believe in the second grade, and he was the son of a physician. And he wanted to play doctor at school. And he brought a hypodermic needle at school and was poking other kids, my classmates, playing doctor. I don't know if he's using water, if it was just air. I don't even know what was in the hypodermic needle, but he was sticking kids with it and then, you know, giving them Band-Aids afterwards. He was playing doctor. And for quite a while, um, I was, it was pretty scary. And after a while, he started chasing me. And he had a buddy with him and they were chasing me around the school. So at recess time, you know, time we're at break, you know, I had to watch out for this kid because he was coming after me and he wanted to play doctor with me. And as a first grader, that is pretty terrifying. That's pretty darn scary. And this kid chased me around for a while and, and uh, I would get home and I would tell my parents, hey, this is, this, there's this kid, you know, sticking people with a shot. It's kind of the term I used back then. <clears throat> my parents thought, well, that's crazy talk. What the heck? that can't be right. What's going on here? This is, this is weird. And the response would be, no, that can't be. And, uh, and I think from my perspective, at least at the time, I thought they thought I was lying. I was making up stories and I was fabricating things and I wasn't trustworthy. And I would share this with them a couple of times and they're saying, oh no, that can't be right. Why do you keep bringing this up? And uh, eventually my parents believed me and then because of that, they finally believed me. They went and talked to some people at the school and had decided there was nothing they could actually do to change the situation. There was some weird stuff going on. And so they moved me to a different school. And so I was moved from my school to another school, whole new kids. And I learned at that time that if I stood up for myself, that I would lose all of my friends. So I've since, you know, worked on this and looked at it, and uh, it certainly doesn't have as much juice for me now as it used to, which is pretty good. But that's the story that I made up around that event, that if I stood up for myself, I would lose all of my friends. And that's what we're going to talk today about. We're going to talk about stories, not the stories that we read to our kids, the fun stories we see in movies. We're talking about the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories in our inner dialogue, inside our inner thoughts. These are the stories we tell ourselves. We tell ourselves these stories because 
our mind needs to know why. It does not like this just vacuum of not knowing anything. And so we have to make up a reason why. Why did they do that? Why did they say that? Why are they saying that? We're not good with not knowing. And so we come up with a reason. We make it up. We fill in the blank. And a percentage of our understanding of the world, our worldview, is based up on all these things that we make up about why people do things and why they did this and why they did that. It's based on pure fantasy. At least a percentage of our understanding of the world is that. And I know it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like that's our experience. It seems like we know. This happened and we know why it happened. We know, in quotes, why our spouse said that thing. We know, in quotes, what is motivating our employees. We know, in quotes, why that guy cut us off on the freeway. It seems true. But sometimes, or maybe even a lot, our worldview is based purely on assumption. We don't really know for sure. It seems like a fact, but really, it's just an unverified belief. These stories we make up can have a whole lot of negative effects in our lives. These stories we make up can harm relationships of all kinds in the workplace, at home, with our neighbors, in our communities. These stories we tell ourselves also affect our experience as we navigate through the day. We look at what people do and go, oh, they're just doing this for whatever, or they just want that. And we can have a pretty negative experience because we're making up stories about why. And maybe some of that, some of the hurt that we experience, some of the trauma we have throughout the day, we experience is self-inflicted solely by the way we interpreted what happened and is not at all caused by what actually happened. And right now you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, I know. Sure, I've heard this before. I'm not supposed to make assumptions. I've heard this before. The trouble is that our minds are really, really quick. Our mind fills in the gap and assigns a meaning and creates the story often before we're even aware of the event that is taking place. We perceive the event with the story and the meaning already built in. It just seems like that must be true. So our minds are great at recognizing patterns. They're so quick at this. For example, we see someone talking sternly, and our mind goes, oh, I've seen this before. This style of communication means they're angry at me and about to get hit with something. So as soon as we hear them speaking, we duck for cover or we're ready for a fight. And it happens in an instant. So this is something that's not just weird people out there. This is, this is something that occurs in all of us. All of us, no matter what our upbringing, we have meanings and stories that we make up about the world. It's our way of trying to understand the way the world works. So today I have with me Raul Lopez Jr. and we're showcasing one of the topics we'll be addressing in our upcoming event. We have this Unchained Men event on October 6th. It's called Authenticity and Influence. It's for men, obviously, or maybe not so obviously, but just to be clear, it's for men. And it's really about becoming more authentic with each other so we can grow and increasing our influence. Most men have a pretty deep-seated desire to live and to leave a legacy. And this is how you increase that. Increase your legacy, increase your influence. 
and we're showcasing one of the things we'll be going over at the event today. So welcome. Hey, thanks, John. I'm Raul Lopez, Jr., an author, uh, coach, and a speaker. Um, I authored the book, Heal the Boy and the Man Will Appear, and that'll also be showcased at the Unchained Men's uh, event coming up October 6th in Rancho Cordova. And you can learn more about the Unchained Men's event at unchainedmen.com. And yeah, the, one of the topics is, um, I think we're doing five exercises there. Yeah. And one of the topics is the stories that we tell ourselves and how, without even realizing it, we can be quick to anger or quick to misunderstand a situation that's in front of us by creating a story in our mind of what we think is about to happen. And I think it's the statistic is 80% of what we think is going to happen never happens. <laughs> the things <laughs> right? we're afraid of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they never happen. The stuff we worry about, um, we, we don't need to worry about them. So, yeah, it's going to be some, some great topics and some great exercises there. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it today on the show, but keep in mind, we're not going to just talk about this at our event. We're going to provide a space for you to have some self-discovery. We'll walk through some exercises um, and you get to take a deeper dive into your own life and get to come up with uh, tools and uh, methods to help deal with this. This is something that happens to everybody. So the question isn't, does it happen to me or does it happen to you? It's what do you do when it does happen? And we'll be we'll be addressing that. We'll get to specifics, uh, especially at the event. Yeah, we're gonna go through some really cool exercises. I have something just written down here, some notes. It says your your brain is designed to protect you from doing things that are scary, uncertain, or new. The challenge with this is that all change is scary. All change, anything in our lives that we want to change is scary because we're in a pattern we're used to doing what we're doing now, whether it be good or bad. Um, so when you want to grow you find your brain working against you. So well, an example of that is if you are used to, this, this is, this is going to sound a little bit odd, but this is the truth. Oh, we might have to come back to this. I have a, I have a little bit of an exercise that I wanted to do here, but it looks like we're going to go to. Yeah, we'll go to a break and we'll come right back. All right. Men, do you want to be more influential? When you share advice with people, do you experience crossed arms, sideways glances, glazed eyes, and furrowed brows? Or do you got it going on but are now wondering about your life legacy? Do you find it difficult to talk about things of deeper meaning? Is your life as impactful as you'd like? Learn to run the race, fight the good fight, and finish well. You're invited to a special event for men. October 6th, sign up at unchainmen.com events. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we're talking about the stories that we tell ourselves. These are the stories that go on in our inner dialogue. 
in the in our inner voice, in our inner thoughts. These are the things we tell ourselves, oh, that guy just did that because of, and we assign a story and a meaning. And we use this to make sense of the world. We fill in the gaps, we fill in the blanks, and we make all kinds of assumptions about why things are happening. And then we get to react to those things. We get to react to why it's happening, except what's happening and why it's happening is really not totally known. We've made that up. And so now we're responding to this reason why, and that might not even be really the reason why. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about what goes on inside of our heads. Right. And the, the example I was just about to give before the break is I think a, a really common one, so I'd like to use this, is uh, if you're at work and you have a boss and the boss says, hey, can you come and meet me in my office in about 10 minutes? Most people immediately will start to think, oh, man, something's wrong. Worst 10, min 10 minutes of our life. Yeah, like wh <laughs> why, right? Why do you want to see me in my office? What's going on? I don't understand. And uh, we would drive ourselves crazy telling ourselves stories for the next 10 minutes before we get in there. And for some reason, we automatically assume that something's wrong if the boss wants to see us in the office. And it doesn't have to be that way, and it usually probably doesn't turn out that way. Yeah, although sometimes it might, it might actually turn out the way we thought. But it doesn't have to be that it always means that whenever that happens. So maybe if you're thinking about running out real quick and grabbing a chocolate bar for the boss before you meet him, <laughs> maybe that would still be an okay thing. But don't assume that he wants to talk to you because something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then I have another example uh, that I thought of the other day that kind of, I think, maybe perhaps hits a little bit closer to home. So let's say that I've taken on the belief that all women are controlling and want their men henpecked. Now, a lot of times women might have their version of this. They might say, like, say to themselves, all men are pigs. These things that I've heard women say. So this is not just a guy thing. But let's just say, for instance, that this is me and I take on this belief that men are, or women are controlling and want their men henpecked. And let's say I've heard this from a lot of the guys that I've been hanging around with, and they've given a lot of anecdotal stories about this. And I go, yeah, that seems right. And, uh, and I listen to their stories, and, oh, I can see what you're saying there. And so I take on this belief. And now when I watch women do their thing, they do things and they say things, I'm now interpreting this behavior through this, this lens, this pair of sunglasses, this story or this belief that I have and I assign a meaning behind their actions that says they're doing this to be controlling. And they want to control me. That's how I'm interpreting all that they're doing. And now my wife comes to me with a request. Uh-oh, how am I going to react to that? Watch out, sparks are gonna fly. Now she's got this request and, and now my story is she just wants to control me. <laughs> And how am I going to respond to that? And that's a great example of the stories that we make up. And a lot of this, you know, is kind of a pattern in our lives. It's not just a one-time story. A lot of times it's a habitual pattern that we have. Have you experienced anything like that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So with if we're talking about like with our spouse, um, one of the things that happens to me, and, and I think this is part of, when I was growing up, uh, we had some, I had some authority issues, right? Um, I didn't like anybody to tell me what to do anytime. Um, and I would automatically take it as, uh, you know, you're trying to control me, just like what you mm. stated. 
And my wife and I kind of have a joke. We go back and forth, but it derived from that. Whereas she may say something as simple as, hey, um, you, you have to pick up Ruben, my son, today at 2 o'clock. And I'll say, don't tell me what to do. Mm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, and I'm joking. But the way that that joke came about is at some point I felt like I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Right. Yeah. And I don't want you to control me. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is a joke. And then I understand it now. But it came from somewhere. I'll tell you. Yeah. That. And you might want to be careful that that might be a joke on the surface. But you want to make sure there's not this hidden under yeah. the surface kind of stuff going on, too. Yeah, we do it back and forth. So. OK. It, it's mutual. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. So, so where do these stories come from? We don't just make these up out of the blue. These, these stories come from somewhere. And, and they can come from a number of different places. I gave the example earlier. I'm hanging out with a bunch of dudes who have this worldview, and they're sh talking with me and sharing their worldview, and I'm taking it on you know, from my previous example that I gave. And sometimes their stories come from that. It's from the people we're hanging around with and you know, their stories you know, that they're sharing. But their stories might have come from somebody else, but originally it probably came from somebody's actual experience. They grew up in, a, in an environment where maybe their mom was controlling or they grew up where, you know, maybe, maybe they grew up in a household of women. It was him, the dad, and a household of ladies, you know, all, all girls, and, and that was the experience. And maybe they had some trauma around it. They had you know, strong emotional juice around this experience growing up. And then they take on this worldview, and then they share it with their buddies, and, and their buddies share it with their buddies. And pretty soon this thing spreads. And so it seems like ultimately where these stories typically come from is from some past experience that we have. And we assign a meaning from that past experience. Mm -hmm. Just like in the opening story that I gave, you know, I, I made it mean that if I stand up for myself, something bad's going to happen. I'll have repercussions. I'll lose my friends or something will happen. And so I better not stand up for myself because if I push on this thing and I want to stand up, somebody might have a reaction to that. They might, you know, do something or, you know, make it, you know, like my parents made a shift. Like, oh, I'm just going to move, move schools. We're going to just fix the problem that way. And, and now I'm worried if I stand up for myself. You know, not always, but, you know, I have been, and this is something I need to work through. And if I stand up for myself, uh-oh, what, what's going to happen? That's a story that I made up. And, and so a lot, of, a lot of the story's internal, but then as I raise my kids and I don't stand up for myself, I might teach them not to as well. Not because I want to, not because I sit down and it's like, son, you know, you need to not stand up. I'm not doing that kind of thing, but they'll learn just by being around me. Right, yeah. Yeah. So there's a so the, so me I see a, there's a fine line in some of these stories and conditioning. Mm -hmm. right? You gave the example is if you were raised in a house full of sisters and your mother or vice versa. If you're a boy and you're raised in a house, I mean if you're a girl and you're raised in a house full of men, um, we are we learn stories about how to treat people in that environment and it's conditioning and, and we conform to it. Uh, I know I was raised with just my mother and my perspective for women is you you respect women you open the door you always be respectful when you get upset you don't yell and scream that it's just who i am because of the way i was raised i remember going to my grandmother's house my mother saying 
you go say hello, you give her a kiss, you be very polite, and then you sit there, you don't say anything unless she says something to you. <laughs> it was like, I w it was grilled in me to respect, and that's conditioning, right? Right. And, you know, for me, the story that may come is if I see somebody, a child or an adult, and they're disrespectful to women, or they don't open the door for a woman, um, and I, I don't know, in this day and age, I think some women don't want men to do that. I, I, there is kind of confusion right now, but that's the way I was raised. And when I see somebody not doing that, I feel like they're doing something wrong. So mm -hmm. there's a story that's being created. Like, right. that, that guy's doing something wrong. He's supposed to be opening that door. He shouldn't be talking to her like that. So, yeah, I mean, conditioning and stories that we tell ourselves, I guess they go hand in hand. They do. They do. And, and there can be the stories don't have to always be, you know, deep seated wounds. It can just be things we've learned along the way. And it can be kind of a habit. You know, like you give the example, the boss says, hey, you need to talk to you in my office. Yeah. That's not typically from a childhood experience, but we've had enough experience in the workplace watching how things go that, hey, if the boss wants to talk, uh oh, maybe maybe this is not good. And so, but other times it can be a childhood thing. We, we grew up a certain way or we had an event in our household, you know, in our life. And because of the event, we interpreted that event. Mm -hmm. And now because of the way we interpreted that, we, we go, oh, that must be how the world works. The work yeah. does, it goes like this. When this happens, then this might happen over here. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even it's likely or maybe absolutely, certainly I know for sure this is going to happen because that's what happened when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, and, and so it can be kind of a, a range. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, another example I have is, and, and I grew up with this for into my adult life, is when you're, we're out in public and we're kids, my mother, uh, if, if we were looking for directions or we needed help with something, and I would say, let's go ask somebody. And she'd say, no, 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 don't bother those people. Don't bother mm. people. Don't bother those people. And, I, you know, I just took it on. It wasn't a bad thing, but I just took it on as don't bother people in public. <laughs> don't ask them questions. Don't ask for help. Don't look for directions. And in, as an adult, I remember even when I had small kids, I started to tell my kids that, hey, don't bother those people. Come here. Don't mm. bother those people. But then I started to recognize that when people would come up to me in public and ask me, directions or, for, or questions, I was happy to help them. I was right. like, oh yeah, no problem. Just go over here, just go over there. And it was nice because I usually wouldn't approach people. And I started to think like, it doesn't bother me when, <laughs> when people come and ask me for directions or for help. Right. So I probably won't bother them either. And, and there are some, they get bothered by any type of interruption in their day, but the majority don't. Right. And uh, it was, that was something that I learned. It was, and it was a story that I had instilled in me, don't bother people in public. Yeah. And that story could become a deeper thing. I don't know if it actually was for you, or, but I could I could see how a person could be told that by their parents. Oh, don't bother this person. Don't bother that person. And start to think, oh, other people are more important than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I see that. Yeah. yeah. And that can be a tough thing. Yeah. Tough thing to overcome. You know, start to, to get out in the world and you want to give a message. You're like, oh, man, I'm not important enough for this. Right. Are people are smarter than me, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Smarter, more important. Their oh, time's more valuable than I, mine. I think I just had a realization, a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So one of the things to, to watch out for is, you know, if we are telling a story like this, we might not always know that we're telling ourselves a story mm -hmm. because to us, it just seems like that is the way it is. Right. This is how it's supposed to go. You know, kids yeah. are supposed to hold up the door for their mom, yeah. but they don't. And like, oh, you're doing it wrong, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and so these, these stories that we tell ourselves, uh, sometimes they're not bad, you know. Yeah. You know, whatever we do, our way of looking at it, it's not, not bad. But the problem is when we, we get triggered by it, mm -hmm. 
you know, and we're, we're having a negative reaction because of how we're interpreting the world. And so a lot of times it's useful to take a look at, you know, when we're feeling triggered or upset by something mm -hmm. that uh, we should look. Maybe, maybe this isn't true exactly the way we're seeing it. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's some kind of story or meaning we're bringing into the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like what you said earlier. I think what it is, it's, it's subconscious, right? If, if one thing leads to feeling less than other people, um, and you recognize that in yourself, like when you're about to approach somebody or whatever it might be, you have to recognize that it is a subconscious thought. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk more about this right after the break. Anxiety, fear, and embarrassment. If you're one of the millions of Americans with unpaid or unfiled federal taxes, I'm here to offer you some hope and relief. I'm Kathy Hill, founder of Tax Tiger. Tax Tiger operates on the Christian principles of honesty and integrity. We're a full-service tax firm. Not only do we protect you from the IRS, we prepare your back taxes, release wage and bank levies, and negotiate the best settlements in the nation, many as low as $20. You can trust Tax Tiger to give you an honest and free appraisal of your situation. We will prepare your tax return every year, even if you have no IRS problem. We specialize in settlements and audits. Call Tax Tiger today at 916-393-9085 to schedule your free consultation. You could be closer to financial freedom than you think, and you need a tiger on your side. Call 916-393-9085 or visit us online at taxtiger.com. It's here, the 2018 model year-end clearance sale at Cooney Chevrolet. Looking for a new vehicle? Tired of expensive auto mall pricing? Save big at Cooney Chevrolet. With model year-end clearance pricing on all remaining 2018 Chevys in stock, every 2018 car, truck, and SUV is gotta go. And Cooney's low overhead plus Cooney time clearance discounts mean incredible savings to you. Just look for the big clock at the corner of Fulton and El Camino or shop CooneyChevy.com. Do your teeth hurt? Do you have dentures that slip? You don't have to live in pain. With dental implants, Parrish Family Dental will give you that amazing smile you've dreamed about. Missing teeth, old worn dentures, partial dentures, any one of these can make chewing difficult and painful. With dental implant technology from Parrish Family Dental, you can eat your favorite foods, protect your own teeth, and experience a renewed confidence and self-esteem a beautiful smile will bring. Right now, you can get a full implant and crown for just $2,700. This comes with a free consult. That's nearly half off what you would pay other implant dentists. Visit ParishFamilyDental.com and pick your location, either Carmichael or Granite Bay. Then tell them you want the $2,700 implant special you heard about on the radio. Some restrictions do apply. Interest-free financing is available on approved credit. Eat the foods you want and get that smile you deserve. ParishFamilyDental.com. The Home Show is back. Listen every Friday morning at 11 for home improvement tips, local events, entertainment, and so much more. Join Terry Knight as he brings in experts in the home improvement field and real estate industry every Friday at 11. Before you make your next home improvement, be sure to listen to The Home Show to get tips, recommendations, and find out how to get the best deals. Find Terry on Facebook at The Home Show with Terry Knight and pose your questions and recommendations. Then listen Friday mornings at 11 to The Home Show with Terry Knight, sponsored by five-star restoration and construction 
This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. A student at an elite university recently wrote to the New York Times, I'm riddled with shame, white shame. I feel like my literal existence hurts people, like I'm always taking up space that should belong to someone else. Instead of harnessing my privilege for greater good, I'm curled up in a ball of shame, unquote. Now, this unfortunate student illustrates the destructive insanity in teaching personal guilt over so-called white privilege. In previous generations, the idea that their skin color made them less worthy than others proved devastating to black people. Now some young whites are encouraged to curl up in a bowl of shame. As Dr. King made clear, in a decent society, individuals must be judged and must judge themselves on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. I'm Michael Medved. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Men, do you want to be more influential? When you share advice with people, do you experience crossed arms, sideways glances, glazed eyes, and furrowed brows? Or do you got it going on but are now wondering about your life legacy? Do you find it difficult to talk about things of deeper meaning? Is your life as impactful as you'd like? Learn to run the race, fight the good fight, and finish well. You're invited to a special event for men. October 6th, sign up at unchainmen.com slash events. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back. Today we're talking about the stories that we tell ourselves in our inner voice, in our inner dialogue. This is kind of how we're looking at the world. This is when things happen. This is the meaning that we assign to it, and we're taking a look at this. And this is also one of the things we'll be covering at the upcoming Unchained Men event on October 6th. So if you're listening today and you want to dive in deeper, kind of take a closer look in your own life and see how you can navigate through the stories you've been telling yourself and kind of rewire those, really encourage you and invite you to come to the event on October 6th. You can go to unchainedmen.com. There's a link in there for events and check it out. We'd love to have you there. So I wanted to explore just a little bit more about where these stories come from. Because a lot of times it's not always clear and obvious. Sometimes we can associate a cause and an effect that didn't really have a cause and effect relationship when it happened. But maybe it's in a formative year and we assume that if this happens, then that will happen. And so we start to assume and create these stories like, oh, if I see this, then that's going to happen over there. And sometimes it's not clear because you think, oh, i got this weirdness in here. I, you know, I'm struggling with visibility or I'm struggling with you know, trying to get out there or I'm struggling. I don't know. It can be all kinds of things. I'm struggling in my relationships. And, and I've even had a, a case where I thought it was other people. And that's often the case. We go through and you know, I have odd reactions to things and it looks like it's them. It's those weird people over there. So I thought, okay, all those weird people are are doing and responding to me weird and what's going on. This is just crazy. 
and you know is having conflict at work so i thought i'll just change jobs that'll fix it whoops <laughs> that didn't fix it it's uh you know it followed me around and i'm going wait a minute then it must not be other people but that's pretty hard to to take in and to accept Mm-hmm. So a lot of times these stories that we assign, these meanings that we ascribe to why people do things, those are things that's a part of us and our inner world. And uh, sometimes it comes from a past experience. A lot of times it does some kind of past experience. We're bringing the past into the present or we're bringing something we heard and we thought is true and we're bringing that. And uh, oftentimes our stories and our assumptions protected us in the past. They were good defense mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Back then we needed those. Mm -hmm. But today, maybe not so much anymore. Mm -hmm. And other times it can just be we hung out with the wrong people and we took on their worldview and started to apply it and see the world that way. And that, that can be easy when we hang out with people and they say, oh, you know, especially in politics oh those folks over there you know they just want this or they just want that or all they want is this and mm-hmm. you look at what they're saying and it can start to look like that's right mm-hmm. but that's not the only way to interpret what's going on mm-hmm. so an example might be we hear a cynic share why our company is doing something oh that company they're just covering up the truth they're really doing this other thing over there you know, and we look at it and we look at what's going on like, oh, man, this person's really smart. You know, they've, they've been around here and they've been around a long time. And so then we start interpreting companies' actions that same way. We start looking at, oh, you know, a company really doesn't have our best interest at heart. They're really just, you know, trying to, to placate us or, you know, whatever the stories are. And then we start looking, you know, what they're doing. And, if, and the stories that we make up actually match the facts. It actually fits. And so we look at the story and we look at the facts and go, those match up. This story must be true. The problem is it's not the only story out there. Mm -hmm. And so we look, you know, what the company's doing. Oh, wow, look how horrible this company is. But if we didn't look through the cynical's sun and glasses, we didn't look at it with their worldview and looked from another worldview, the company might look pretty different. Hmm. And so we could just take it on just because somebody else shared it. And uh, a kind of a related thing in science, way back when, a long time ago, we had this model of the solar system. In this model of the solar system, the Earth was at the middle, and the sun went around the Earth, and the planets went around the Earth, and they had a mathematical model. They had these, these planets were going, and they're orbiting kind of a central location around the Earth. And so it was kind of this spiral kind of path around the Earth. And they had this math, and the math worked. They could use the math and it actually fit where they would see the planets in the sky. And they go, oh, this must be true. Until Galileo came out with a sun-centric model and it actually was hard for him to convince people that his model was more correct because the math already worked. Mm -hmm. But his sun-centric model, the math for that one also worked. Mm. So you can't just look and go, oh, look, see, you know, my story matches what they're doing and go, oh, that must be true. Yeah. You know, I, uh, there's a big debate. I don't know how big it is, but I, I see it on YouTube all the time about flat earth. Oh yeah. Some people still believe flat earth and many believe the earth is round, but it is a debate. And it's interesting because I started to watch videos about the people that were saying the earth was flat. Mm-hmm. And, and after watching probably 10 of them, I was like, wow, maybe the earth is flat. 
<laughs> you know, the perspective they were giving and the math they were right. giving and everything. You go, wow. So they have a lot of points that would make it seem like the world is flat. Now, personally, I don't believe it's flat. But to your point, you know, if, if you engulf yourself in something, you'll take that view. Yeah. Yeah. It's always worth looking outside and go, hmm, maybe, maybe <laughs> another perspective is also okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it fits the facts as well. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to also talk a little bit about why these stories are so powerful in our lives and why, why do the same ones keep coming up over and over again? And uh, I think a big part of it is this thing called confirmation bias. Mm. So confirmation bias is where we look for evidence to support what we already believe and ignore anything that doesn't match up. Mm -hmm. And so our attention goes to things that line up with what we already believe. So, and, and the other things, we don't notice those so much. It's mm -hmm. like it gets filtered out. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't, that doesn't fit. So I don't know what that is. That's, you know, or it might even be, I didn't even see that. What are you talking about? Right. Cause, cause it didn't match up. It didn't even make it into our consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's totally blocked out. So like an example, suppose I believe that millennials feel entitled and are rude. I've actually heard this out there. So, <laughs> so this is a belief that's out there. And so I believe that's what supposing, I'm not saying I do, but in this example, let's suppose that's what I believe about millennials. And so I walk in an elevator and there's three millennials already in the elevator and they greet me politely as I get in. And the elevator, you know, door closes and goes up to the next floor and it stops and another millennial gets in and pushes past bumping into folks so we can stand in the corner. And so I think, see, millennials, <laughs> see how rude they are. See, they feel entitled. Yeah. Right. And the three that are in there, I didn't even notice those three, right. but I focused on that one. It's like, oh, yeah, see, that's right. Mm -hmm. And so we start building up this anecdotal case right. to support what we already believe. And I think that can happen with our stories, too. So, yeah. you know, what we make it mean. So we see some people will say like the energy, the energy that we're protruding, what we're seeing, what we're believing will attract. So we see it. And like you said, even even if there's three people right there, and we don't even got to be talking about millennials anymore. We can talk about anybody. But if there's three people here that in that category and they're just wonderful, you don't even see them. You just see the one. Mm -hmm. Because that's the point you're always trying to make. See, see. Um, so, uh, you know, another simple uh, of that energy or frequency, whatever you want to call it, in, in what you're recognizing, what you always see or don't see is the car you have until you have it right, right right you don't see the car anywhere and then you buy it and you go man everybody has this car you're right because now you're seeing it now, now you're, you're seeing it, it. Yeah. now now your your filter is attuned to it and it's yeah. like you know oh i'll buy this car because you know it'll be unique almost yeah. nobody has it right and then you get on the frame like what it's all over the place there's three exactly like <clears throat> mine right there. it's the same color <laughs> yeah it happens it definitely happens. yeah yeah so we build up this this catalog of evidence to support this worldview, and then we stick to it. And so we, we tell our stories and re reinforce the stories and build up more evidence to support the story. And pretty soon, that's the way we're seeing the world. Yep. So a lot of times this might come from a defense mechanism. That's might where it starts. Growing up, we needed to protect ourselves, so we we had a story that we told ourselves and we kind of, maybe that made things okay. You know, whatever story that was, or uh, we needed to fit in, we needed to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And so, so we adjusted ourselves and mm -hmm. you know, said, oh, this is, this is what people must be like to be accepted. So we start telling stories like that. 
So some of these stories, like you mentioned, some are good and some are bad. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of these stories that we tell in ourselves, oh, that they bring us down necessarily. But I think the key is self-awareness to recognize that we have this pattern, that we have this thought, whether it be holding us back or, or, or making it hard for us to be in relationships or whatever it is. It's just to recognize the pattern and to be able to go, wait a second, I feel like this or I think like this. Maybe this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And right. if you if you have that self-recognition, then you can work on it and you can improve it. So the first thing to do is just even understand that we do make up these stories and then recognize the story that you are telling yourself because you can change it. Like you were saying, it's difficult sometimes because naturally we take the path of least resistance. So we're almost just comfortable with these lies that we're telling ourselves and we don't even try to change them. But you can, what I call purposeful thinking you can stop yourself from thinking any thought and go, I choose to think about this right now. And if you make that positive, you'll change your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Now, this is not to say that everything we believe about the world is wrong. Right. So this is, this is just saying that there's some of the stuff that, you know, something's happening and we assign a meaning to it. And sometimes the person we're interacting with actually tells us why they did it. And we'll talk more about this right after the break. Men, do you want to be more influential? When you share advice with people, do you experience crossed arms, sideways glances, glazed eyes, and furrowed brows? Or do you got it going on but are now wondering about your life legacy? Do you find it difficult to talk about things of deeper meaning? Is your life as impactful as you'd like? Learn to run the race, fight the good fight, and finish well. You're invited to a special event for men. October 6th, sign up at unchainmen.com slash events. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. We're talking today about the stories that we tell ourselves about why things are happening. And just before the break, I was talking about the stories that we tell ourselves. Sometimes, you know, we think something means something. You know, something happens, somebody said something, and we assign a meaning to it. And sometimes we're actually told why they said that, why they did that thing. And at this point, we're not actually making up a meaning. We're actually told. We know why they did it. They told us. And sometimes we can get to know somebody pretty well, and we can, we can guess pretty good about what it is. But it's good to note, good to take notice, that even if we know a person really, really well, unless they come out and say, hey, here's why I said that the other day, or here's why I did that, we actually could be wrong in our assumption about why it was. And it's often good to check in with the person, hey, you said that thing and that kind of bothered me, why did you say that? And we don't want to be accusing, certainly want to just say, hey, I felt this way and the feeling's my responsibility. 
but be able to have a good interaction and and start to make it so what we make it mean is is not a made up thing so much anymore, but to, to actually know why. Now, you don't want to sound like a two-year-old going around the, all over the place going, why, 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 why? <laughs> um, that's probably not so practical. But the big part is to understand that our mind does not like not knowing why things are happening. Mm-hmm. It will fill in the gap. Mm-hmm. If it's going to make up a story and fill in the gap, most often we make up a negative story. I don't know why we do. I don't know why I do. If I don't know why, usually I assign the worst possible meaning. <laughs> you know, this guy is just a jerk or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, that must be why they're doing it because he doesn't care or whatever. And uh, understand that there can be other meanings, other reasons why that totally fit the facts that are so much more positive. Mm-hmm. And so this next section is really, what do you do about it? We've identified, hey, we've made meanings of things, make it mean whatever may make it mean. It's we're having a hard time, we're struggling, we're struggling in relationships, struggling at work, and it feels cruddy. It feels like people are against us. And we go, oh, wait, maybe I'm meaning, making it mean something. Mm. So, so we look at it. Now what? What do we do about this thing after we've identified it? Mm. So there's a number of things I have in my list here. And uh, one of the first things is get help. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can, you can go it alone. That's the way, that's normal guy thing, right? Normal guy thing is like, I'm the Lone Ranger. I'll do it myself. You know, I'm self-sufficient and we can get pretty far with that. But when you get help from somebody else, it's so much easier. So get help. Sometimes it takes outside help to work through it. Someone who's had experience with this in the past, someone who's struggled and overcome. That'd be a good person to get together with. Hey, how do you get over this? You know, I'm struggling with this thing. How did you do it? And they can sit down and talk about their experience. And that kind of person can also see things that a lot of times we can't. So we get together, maybe maybe have this nice mentoring relationship with another guy, and they can say, hey, we've been together for a while, and I've been noticing, and they might point something out. Yeah. And that might be something we wouldn't otherwise notice. And just note that getting help doesn't mean you're broken or you're less than. For example, a professional athlete doesn't go, oh, I need a coach. That must mean I suck at this game and I'm not a good player. They don't think that. They think, oh, I want to be at the top of my game and I want to be the most effective player I can. I better get a coach. Uh, I like right? Yeah, so, so the same way, when we get outside help, we should think to be the most effective husband, the most effective father, the most effective leader that I can be, I should get some help with this mm-hmm. and not just try to struggle with it on my own. Mm-hmm. So one of the things to do uh, is if you're having a negative experience, see if you can identify what is the meaning you're assigning to the experience. Is it possible that whatever happened isn't actually need to be interpreted that way? Maybe there's other ways to look at it. And like you said, Raul, just identifying what it is is the first step. Yeah. So check the facts. What actually happened? Mm-hmm. might be good to look back. They said this, and then I said this, and they walked over there, and then take all the meaning out. Just look at the facts. Did they tell you they meant to do that for a certain reason, or did it just happen, and was it just interpreted that way? Yeah, you know, if, if I've learned and I practice, if, if you assume the best instead of the worst, 
then it's easier to even ask for clarification. Yeah. Because if you instantly think, oh, well, what did you mean by that? Right? You're thinking, yeah. what did you mean by that? That sounds like negative. And you just start telling yourself that they're putting you down or whatever's happening. Then sometimes you won't even ask the question because you don't want to hear, like, why did you say that to right. me? Right. But if you assume the best all the time, then you can go, oh, what did you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Because Tone, you're expecting something positive. Tone of voice totally it, makes a difference, absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, and usually, I, from what I know, usually they do not mean the negative side. And if they do, then they tell you because you asked. And then you can go, oh, well, what ha- I don't understand. And you can figure it yeah. out right there and then instead of spending the next few hours, you know, thinking, man, I wonder why they think that or why they said that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Communication, right? Yeah, communication's good. Yeah, but sometimes we're triggered. Mm. Oh, I'm triggered, right? Mm. I make it mean something, and I'm triggered. And that probably is the hardest place to have a good, positive conversation with somebody. Even if I'm trying to say the right words and approach it the right way, it is not coming out right. (laughs) So sometimes we need to take a break and go, let's talk about this later because right now it's not good. You know, let's let's take a break and come back because... You know, this is not great right now. It's it's really hard to be in a resourceful state when we're triggered. Right. Because once once those stressed hormones start kicking, there's it's hard to relax them. It takes a few minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> or a few hours. <laughs> yeah, a few hours. Like you know, I think we should talk about this later. Yeah. But then what happens? Some people get upset and they're like, "No, talk about it now. Don't walk away." Yeah, and yeah. You're like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Especially the ladies, they they want to like resolve it now. They don't want to <laughs> wait. You know, they feel like you're just you know trying to walk away from it, and you're like, "No, no, not now." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But the other big thing that can be done is we can assign a new meaning. Now, it might depend on what it is. If we have a really deep trauma in our life and we're, we're drawing meaning associated with that, that might be pretty hard just to assign a new meaning. That, that might be hard, but it might still be worth a try. But if it's something like this, the example of, you know, example I have is uh, I was let go from work. It happened a few times, and uh, there was one time particularly tough. And uh, at the time, I had made it mean that there was something wrong with me. I suck. I'm not good at work. They don't want me. Right? And that's pretty easy to take in, pretty easy meaning. But, but later on, I went back and, and I was carrying this with me, right? Carrying this, oh, I'm not so good as I thought I was, and maybe I'm not a good employee, and you know, I'm trying to find work, and that's not working out so good yeah. from that place. Um, and, and I learned I could change the meaning of the story. I could create a whole new set of story around those events and make it mean something totally different that completely fits the facts. It's believable. So the new story I tell myself is my boss probably had a pretty hard time choosing who to let go. He was probably told you got to let go so many people and he's like, oh man, oh man. So the meaning I made is that's going to be a hard process, a hard choice. And you might be looking at, you know, Bob over there his wife just went in the hospital, and oh, I don't think I could do that to them right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and Chris over there, you know, he's, he's struggling. He's, he's got, uh, you know, issues going on in his family. And, you know, he's just, he just bought a new house, and he's got a house payment. I don't think I can do that. But, John, he's doing really good. And I bet if I let John go, he'll find a new job in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so he and picked me. That, is that a made-up story? Totally. It's the positive one. Is the original <laughs> one totally made up? Totally made up. They're both totally made up. That's so good. let's make up one that, that's so much more supportive and so better. So much right. better. You walk out with your head up. Yeah. Back. Yeah. You. That's good. 
Yeah. So, so the things in our life, you know, might, might be carrying around some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the trauma, a lot of it has to do with the meaning that we assign to it. Yeah. And it's not even the actual event. The mm-hmm. actual event might have been just a little bit of it. But the big hard part about it is this whole story and meaning we assign to it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, um, the, how, we, how we present ourselves is, is big in that. And a lot of it, you can see the story that you're telling yourself. Um, I know that years ago when it was really hard to find job, to find work, um, a lot of people would go in looking for jobs and their head down, their shoulders down and say, I'll do anything, I'll do anything, give right. me a job, I really need a job. And they weren't getting the job. Right. Um, and the guys who already had jobs, or the guys are the people in general, men or women that had jobs, would go in really confident because they did, really didn't need the job. And they'd say, hey, yeah, this is what I do. I like this place. And they would get the job. Right. And it had all to do with the way they presented themselves. Yeah. And the story that they were telling themselves. Yeah. So if you liked what you heard today, if this resonates with you, if you'd like to dig some more into this, really encourage you to check out unchainedmen.com. We'd love to see you there. Thanks for listening. Signing up. Good news. You are not stuck with your health care plan. Really, you have a choice, and it's a great one. It's called MediShare, and if you've heard about it and wondered what exactly it is, it's a way that people share their health care bills, and these are people who have a common faith, who want to be part of something beautiful that not only meets their health care needs, but the needs of others, too, and it's people who love to save money big time. MediShare members typically save $500 a month per family on their health care costs. That is a life changer for people. So this could be for you. Maybe it's what you've been looking for, a way to pay health care bills that's not only very smart financially, but it's even profound. MediShare is a nonprofit with 400,000 members nationwide who pray for and share with each other. So yes, you're not stuck. There's another way, and it could save you a lot. Find out more. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. This is Marcel Flowers, CEO of Armstrong Plumbing. Our goal is to be your plumbing company for life. Right now, we're offering $150 off on a water heater install. If your water heater is approaching 10 years of age, don't get stranded without hot water. We are plumbers who can, from a family who cares. Older homes, commercial jobs, or even the state capital. We can do it all. For details on this special, or to see our 1,000 plus positive reviews, go to Armstrong plumbing.net that's armstrongplumbing.net men do you want to be more influential when you share advice with people do you experience crossed arms sideways glances glazed eyes and furrowed brows or do you got it going on but are now wondering about your life legacy do you find it difficult to talk about things of deeper meaning is your life as impactful as you'd like learn to run the race fight the good fight and finish well 
You're invited to a special event for men. October 6th, sign up at unchainmen.com slash events. Sacramento's home for intelligent talk, plus business news to keep an eye on your portfolio. KSAC Money 105.5 FM. KSAC Dunnigan, Sacramento. A service of Salem Media Group. Traffic from the Big Mountain Heating, Air, and Solar Info Center. Got a problem right around the spaghetti bowl. Disabled vehicle block in the left lane. This is Capital City Freeway heading eastbound at N Street. Block in the left lane, too. Never good for anybody. 50 both directions very slow. Business 80 both directions along its entire span very slow. Past the Cap City split if you're heading up to Citrus Heights or to Roseville. Ramp restrictions currently in place 80 eastbound at Madison Avenue. And then again, ramp restrictions at Greenback Lane. And you got something you want to tell us about? Lexus.